welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Howson. And I'm James Barriott. So the Christmas stumble, it seems to be an annual tradition now for Sheffield Wednesday. It is upon us, to an extent. So since we last recorded, uh, two games, two draws, two points, only one goal. It was quite a late one as well at... um, Exeter game that feels like it was quite a while ago now actually um so Callum Patterson just in the last podcast we've been kind of discussing what role he has moving forward and he's the guy that pops up and rescues a point hands off hearts you Pato <laughs> staying where he is the savior of Sheffield Wednesday you heard it here first but yeah oh he <laughs> he, he massively got Wednesday out of jail as uh, yeah second half they weren't at it. Um, they, they were probably the better team by the sound of things in the first half and, and they had, I think, the, the chances there. They weren't ruthless. We've been saying that a lot of late. And then what what can you say, really? They've conceded a little bit of a calamitous goal. Freezing conditions. By the way, um, tip of the hat to the thousands of Wednesday fans who travelled to Exeter couple of weeks before Christmas, the day of England-France in the World Cup, and then treacherous, freezing, cold, wintry, icy conditions. They went, they backed their team. The team didn't really deliver on the day, and I think they were fortunate to come away with a point. I was of the the mind that I looked at it, James, and thought... I said on the last podcast, I think they needed to win at Exeter to get four points from those two away games with Derby and Exeter. They didn't manage it. Two points is a disappointing return when your team is pushing for the title, certainly top two. Um, But at least they got something. But then I know we'll come on to Oxford in a bit. I then viewed Oxford as certainly a must win and they didn't get back on track. But yeah, Exeter... Really poor goal they gave away. They then gave themselves a mountain to climb and they threw the kitchen sink at it a little bit later on and they got a point. These kind of defensive calamities, um, they do keep cropping up. David Stockdale was was kind of the whipping boy for it in terms of the fact that obviously he lost his um, place in the in the team. Um, but it's not the first time this season that we've that we've seen it. We've talked before, haven't we? Con- concerns about Dominic Iorfa, um and and some mistakes that he's made this season. But it feels like no one's really immune f- from it. The, you know, it, when when you're in this kind of battle in a league like this division is. It's those mistakes, it's those defensive cock-ups that are going to cost you, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And I think what we should say is that in mitigation of Stockdale, it feels as if the the finger of blame was very much pointed at him, but I author gave the ball away, playing out from the back. And I author continues to you look at his form, he's fluctuating all the time. You don't know what you're going to get from Dominic Iorfa and there are still no signs for me that he is going to recapture the form of a few years ago when he won player of the year and we were talking about this guy could one day go on to play in the Premier League. He looks a million miles off that as consistently he's not performing at the levels that we expected. And frankly, we 
thought that Dominic Iorfa would be a Rolls Royce in League One. And we're not seeing that. And yes, he's played at right wing back recently. He's played at centre half. So maybe the consistency in where he's playing. But yeah, I offer huge question marks over him. And for me, he doesn't get in the best team when everybody's fit. He's only really in the team right now as you've got Michael Heckel and Ben Henneken who are out injured. That's for me, yeah, I offer would be on the bench based on form and the track record of what he's done in the last few years. But yeah, Stockdale will be disappointed that he was beaten from long range. There's no getting away from that. And and maybe ultimately that's what cost him his place. I know we'll come on to the team selection for Oxford shortly. Um, you know, really big, bold decision from Darren Moore. And not for the first time that we've seen that, that Darren Moore is not afraid to drop players if they're not doing the job that he wants them to do. I think I echo what you said in terms of the fact that you know we 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 talked about ideally wanting six points from those two games, but four points wouldn't be a terrible return. So you kind of think, all right, bit of an off day at Exeter. You take the point, you move on. You've got to make sure that then you go and win the game against Oxford. And actually, <clears throat> it not not only did Wednesday not win the game against Oxford, but a really kind of flat performance pretty much across the park. Darren Moore did ring a few changes. Uh, was it four changes altogether that he that he made, including you know one or two really big calls. Doesn't seem to have done the job though, does it? Because uh, you know, drawing another blank, and it, it felt like the kind of game where could have played for quite a while longer. It was difficult to see where the goals were going to come from. They should have lost. I thought last minute, Oxford penalty, uh, and Cameron Dawson. You have to say, coming in for Stockdale was one of the very few positives that Wednesday could take from that, and it was muddled, wasn't it? You know, I think first half the consensus very much was that Wednesday lined up in a 4-2-3-1 and you had Vokes and Backinson that was sitting. Windass was tasked with supporting Gregory up top. Second half, Darren Moore then changes it to 3-5-2. And I still think that that is the formation that Wednesday they look more comfortable in. But yeah, defensively, you know... (laughs) They were at times at sixes and sevens. Oxford had some really big opportunities. You know, Oxford will be kicking themselves that they didn't score and really didn't come away from Hillsborough with a win as it was another lethargic Sheffield Wednesday performance. And I think what you said before, James, the word to describe it and how I think everyone coming away from Hillsborough after the match um, summed it up was flat and we're seeing too many flat performances from a team that are third in League One and should be setting their sights on getting in that top two. And I think what makes it worse is that the last three weekends, you've got Plymouth and Ipswich. They are stuttering. They're dropping points. I think from the last six matches, their record, Plymouth and Ipswich, is two wins three draws and a defeat. Wednesday haven't capitalised. They haven't made them pay. And they're lucky that they're still in a really healthy position, really, that they haven't capitalised. And to still only be two points off Ipswich, four points off Plymouth, coming up to the halfway mark, they'd have taken at the start of the season, but it could and should have been better. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the the flip side of that, of course, as well, is that, you know, as, as Wednesday have, have, have stumbled in, in recent weeks and, you know, it's been, you know, more draws than than wins recently, you've then got, you look at Barnsley, don't you, in fourth, you've got two games in hand and think, well, you know, if they, if they do add another six points onto their tally, then they're right on Wednesday's tail. So what was a three-horse race becomes a bit of a four-horse race. Um, and, you know, suddenly from, from that, I think, you know, by the time we get to the start of January, things could look very, very different. The flip side of all this, I've not finished quite talking about the Oxford game yet, but the flip side of all this is the is it something like eleven games undefeated now for, Ten. for for Wednesday? Ten games undefeated. So you kind of think, all right. I mean, if you know, if if every team, if you accept the fact that every team has a bit of a stumble through the season, if if that stumble is join a couple of games before kind of getting back to it, that's maybe not the end of the world. Now there's a there's a there's a key variable in there, isn't there? Which is that it, it does now involve getting back to it. We'll talk about the games coming up but you know they are they are really really important games now um but you know actually you look at that 10 games unbeaten if you take the um the whole of the calendar year Wednesday have won more points than anyone else in the entire EFL are we being a little bit too harsh I don't think so when you look at it and the expectations are so high and everybody knew going into this season, what the ultimate prize, the aim, the priority was, and that's promotion, automatic promotion. And so Wednesday will not be satisfied that they're third, and they should be thinking that going into the festive period, not only did they have a chance to go top, they fluffed the lines, they're not second either. And so we're judging them on that, James. We don't want another playoff Battle. That's the last thing that we want when what Wednesday have now lost the last three playoffs that they've contested and been in. And this squad should be more than good enough. And I know some people will be listening to this and saying, well, yeah, you are being a bit negative when you do look at the you know, 90 plus points that they've accumulated so far on this calendar year. And there's still two matches to go. But they didn't get promotion in May, they lost out to Sunderland in the playoffs. And here we are in December where you're looking at it and thinking it's finally poised and I'm still confident, I'm still hopeful that they're going to kick on and I think they will in the second half of the season. They've got to recruit well in January. We might talk about that a little bit more later. But they're, they're in a healthy spot. They do need to have a strong festive period. There's no getting away from that. They, they have to now. Yeah, they've got out of jail in the last couple of matches from playing pretty, pretty average. Let's let's be right, and that can't continue, as eventually Plymouth and Ipswich will get back into a groove. And so, if Wednesday continue to falter, then they will start to pull clear again, and that's when people start to panic and be concerned. Yeah, you talk about getting out of jail um, free. We've kind of touched on the the penalty. When when I first saw that, by the way, I did wonder whether or not Cameron Dawson was off his line when the penalty was taken. But I think he was just very savvy in how quickly he kind of rushes forward once the penalty's um, taken. But what we've not talked about is that incredible miss. What was that like? Five minutes before um, before the end of the game, um, you know, Oxford 
singing the whatever the, the 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 oxford equivalent of this podcast will be sat there probably more frustrated than us in terms of the fact that you know you could not have better chances to win a game away at one of the promotion favorites you know one of the probably the most difficult away games of the season that they'll have and they miss an open net <clears throat> and then a penalty all in the in the last few minutes and I think they had one off the line, wasn't there? The McGuinness cleared too. So, oh yeah, Oxford had chances. I, I actually felt um, before the open goal on James Henry, I think it was, who blasted it over. I thought the goalkeeping from Dawson was a little bit suspect there. He maybe should have done better when he went down uh, to his right and pushed it away from goal and he seemed to push it back into the danger zone. But you look at how stretched the Wednesday defence was. And and this is what we have to cling to when you're looking for positives, that Wednesday got another clean sheet. So that's 12 in 22 matches this season. Um, and that is an incredible achievement. They are going to, yeah, I still look at it, that David Stockdale will come back in at some point and he's going to have a great chance of getting the, the club record for, for clean sheets. And then, so defensively, despite the injury problems that Wednesday have suffered, they have continued to keep clean sheets uh, on a regular basis. And that's with the chopping and changing of personnel and system. And so that's credit to the defensive structure and organisation that they've set up. Yeah. So, I mean, a good start there. 12, 12 clean sheets in 22 games. As we mentioned earlier, most points in the calendar year in the EFL. It just seems barking mad that we're sat here talking about a team that's not in the top two at the moment. Um, so to look at that differently, three games coming up over the, the festive period, for me, it feels like when when we next sit down to talk about those three games... It, it would feel really significant if we were talking about a team that is then in the top two. That, that for me, has got to be the target for those three games. And whether that means six points or nine points or seven points, whatever, uh, it, it feels like you know we, we need to be in the driving seat come the start of January. Darren Moore talks a lot, doesn't he, James, about the spirit and the dogginess of this team, the resilience that they've shown when they've gone behind like they did at Exeter, they've come back. And that mentality is certainly something that Darren Moore has improved in his time at the club. And the, the, the stats show you that they've lost only three matches all season and they haven't lost in the league for a couple of months since they, they lost at, at Plymouth and they shouldn't have lost there either. But yeah, uh, Fleetwood is a significant milestone for Darren Moore in that it will be his 100th match in charge of the club. And you, you look at his overall record, it, it, it's nearly 50% wins. Uh, and yes, you do have to throw in there that the majority of his games have been in the third tier. They have been in League One. And so, yes, his record is right up there with any of the sort of recent managers. <laughs> you know, in Wednesday's history, I think there's only Harry Catterick who I think has got a better record than Darren Moore. But he's going to be judged on whether Wednesday gain promotion or not this season. We know that and he knows that. Uh, he's not daft. So the pressure is on. And going back to what you were saying about Christmas, it's a minimum of a couple of wins for me. They have to be winning certainly the two home matches, but 
but really, they've got to go to Fleetwood, I think, and get result too. When you know, there's a bit of doom and gloom around the place again now, that there is murmurings of discontent, should we say. Yeah. And so the team need to silence those murmurs pretty quickly by getting back to winning ways. And Fleetwood is a great chance to do that. When you look at them there in the bottom half of the table, it's the sort of match that if you're going to get out of this league, you should be winning. Yeah, you find a way, don't you? Um, you're right. I think if it, if it was the other way around, maybe if the two home games were first and you get two wins, and then maybe you don't you don't get a result in the away game, it doesn't maybe it doesn't feel quite as significant. But you know we're we're coming off the back of a real stumbling form, so um, that the, the the first of those three games is Fleetwood, and and if you know if 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 we if we don't go there and win, certainly if we go there and lose, I think you're right that there's 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 going to be that that momentum that, of kind of negativity is 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 going to step up a level. Um, does Cameron Dawson keep his place for you? Yes, I mean he saved a penalty. Well, you've got to give him a run now, haven't you? What what would it say? What sort of message would it send out to Cameron Dawson if you left him out after he's kept a clean sheet, saved a penalty, and was Wednesday's man of the match? You can't do it. No, Cameron Dawson has to stay in goal until he goes through a bad patch or drops form himself. And uh, I, I thought it was a little bit harsh, actually, to drop David Stockdale. I, I still look at this season, James, and think David Stockdale hasn't made that many mistakes. Yeah, he has dodgy moments in matches. Yes, he gives you the heebie-jeebies when he plays out from the back. Uh, at times, and you think that he's not up to it, and you would get a smile out of you for saying heebie-jeebies. Um, it's good. I like the phrase. It's just the way that you say it is particularly it, amusing. It's good, isn't it? Um, so now Dawson for me has to start at Fleetwood, um, and and it's what other changes Darren Moore wants to make. Really, I, I'm in the camp at the minute of where Wednesday's struggling for goals. They've dried up. They're not creating enough. Hopefully, Barry Bannon. We haven't mentioned in, in the pod yet. You know he's missed the Oxford match. Hopefully he'll be back at Fleetwood. That would be a huge boost and would help Wednesday massively at the top end of the pitch when yeah. it comes to creating chances. Um, but I, I would like to see them go attacking and try to go. Yeah, they've got to go and be on the front foot at Fleetwood and maybe that means going to the 4-2-2-2 system that they played at Morecambe and they've used a couple of times this season to good effect get as many attack-minded players on the pitch I found it a little bit bizarre that for Oxford you had Malik Wilkes and Alex Mighton both sat on the bench weren't used I don't really understand that. You know, what what was the point of bringing them into the club if, when a game is on, you know, nil nil, and you're needing some inspiration in the final third? Sure, you turn to them. At least one of them. I know Wilkes is disappointed. We've we've gone on about that before. Certainly, I have. But yeah, you know, Mighton's been a little bit better in the last few months. So, I found that odd. And they'd be the type of players I'd be looking at should be coming maybe back into the team for Fleetwood. Ditto, Michael Smith. Uh, so, yeah, th- there's changes I'd be making to the forward line, absolutely, for Fleetwood. And Fleetwood will be a tough crack, a tough nut to crack. Because, you know, you look, they're the draw specialists of the league. We, we, we're bemoaning Wednesday and how many draws they've had in the last 10 matches. They've had 11 
and they've only lost five times. So anyone thinking that Boxing Day, it's going to be a cakewalk, I think they're in for a bit of a rude awakening. It won't be. It will be tough for Wednesday, but they should have more than enough in their locker to go get the job done. Did you just say anyone thinking it'll be a cake ball? Cake walk. Right. I, I, I thought we'd gone past blast, the cake blast from the Blast from the past there. Brilliant. Um, what about, I mean, you mentioned Barry Bannon there and about, <clears throat> you have to excuse my uh, croaky voice this morning. Um, uh, Barry Bannon and, and obviously, you know, how, how much he's kind of, or, or was clearly missed in the, um, in the Oxford game. Feels like George Byers' return can't come soon enough as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? We're not quite at the point of where Wednesday are desperate for results. And so George Byers, who hasn't played for weeks and weeks, you, you chuck him in and throw him in at the deep end and see how he goes on. We're not far off it. But yeah, Byers, I'd be looking now to ease him back into things, certainly have him back on the bench. He's been a huge miss. It's only when... He's out of the team for a while that you notice the difference in that midfield makeup for, for Sheffield Wednesday and you, what a good player he is. And this is a guy that's played quite a lot of football in his career in the Championship. And we've seen it in 2022 that that quality he's got and that he brings to this midfield team. He gives them that drive, doesn't he? He gives them a, that aggression with and without the ball, and they need that right now. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he, it's becoming quite clear, actually, just how pivotal he is for uh, for this team as well. So the home games that come um, hot on the heels of uh, Fleetwood. So the twenty uh, ninth, uh, which is a th- Thursday, I think, which is odd. Uh, Port Vale at home, and then uh, Cambridge on the second of January. The games do come thick and fast, but we'd probably take two home games out of three, wouldn't we? Over over Christmas um, and you know all, all all respect that is due to both Port Vale and Cambridge neither of them are going to be in the shake-up at the end of the season um, the, the games that you should be um, viewing as you know if we do the right things we should be able to clock up you know six points from those two games should be maximum points and you, yeah. you can't take anything for granted in this league and, and Lens- Wednesday have learned the hard way that you can't do that but Wednesday they have been strong at home, not not as good as Plymouth with 10 wins and a, the one defeat. But yeah, six wins, four draws, defeat. Um, they, they've scored more goals at home of Wednesday. I know that they've fired a blank against Oxford, but you still look at that and think that no team scored more home goals than Wednesday. And the firepower that they've got, the, the ability to rotate those front players, and that's what Darren Moore's got to do well over the next three matches. You know, this is the busiest period that Wednesday are going to have for some time. And then we're going to get back to one game weeks for a while. So he, he's got to look at it and go, if you play Lee Gregory at Fleetwood on Boxing Day, he's probably not going to start then against Port Vale a few days later. And we're, we're keeping fresh for Cambridge on the second and, and you know those are the sort of decisions that Darren Moore will be looking across the board. He'd be working with a sports science team, and he'd be thinking, right, strategically, you know, I'll get the players that I need and and who are going to hopefully get us the results at Fleetwood, and then we can take them out of the firing line for 
for Port Vale. And when's have already beaten Port Vale and Cambridge? And I know Cambridge are fighting for their life. Do you know what? Cambridge's form has fallen off an absolute cliff since their manager nearly went to Rotherham a few months ago. And they're now fifth from bottom. And so, um, yeah, that, that, you know, they should be rolling their sleeves up and scrapping. And, and Port Vale have adjusted pretty well to the third tier since they got promoted. But no, come on. Wednesday have to be winning those two matches. Um, no ifs, no buts, draws won't do. Um, and, and they've got to get the momentum back into the season. That's what they have to be aiming and striving for right now. Uh, you mentioned um, Cambridge's form, by the way. They've got one since October, uh, so a long, long time ago. This is a script that we've seen so many times, isn't it? Team that's not won for nearly three months, comes to Hillsborough, start of the year. Um, that that first the first game of the the new year always makes me nervous, and I don't know. I think I think I've got like some kind of post traumatic um, kind of you know, disorder that comes from. I know what you're going to say. Burton. The, the Burton game, yeah, yeah, and just what an absolute calamitous day that was. And actually, that might have been. I can't remember if that was Boxing Day or first game. I think it was. I think it no, was, it was, day, it was New Year's back. Day. It was New Year's Day. I, I always remember that one. That is in my top five of the last fifteen years of of watching Wednesday. That's in my top five worst ever games of, of performances. It was a, it was a, it was a strange day, day as well because. We appointed Catrian Mier on the same day, who, you know, in hindsight, I look back and thought she did a lot of very good work. She didn't stay around for very long. But, I mean, she was just despised, wasn't she, by Charlton fans and and had a terrible, terrible reputation. I just remember sitting there going... This is this is who my club is now. Then is it that we we hire this person that was hounded out of Charlton by furious fans, and then we go and lose three 0 on the same day? Whatever happens, I, 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 do I, am I going to say this? Whatever happens against Cambridge, it can't be worse than that day. <laughs> You've got to done it now, haven't you? Oh. I, I promise I will never record another Sheffield Wednesday podcast ever again if it turns out that actually that Cambridge game that day is worse than um, than the one against Burton a few um, a few years ago. Oh, I tell you, we're going to play that clip back. That's what we're going to do. And in the new year, if it all goes horribly wrong and pear shapes, we know who to turn to and blame. Calamitous, calamitous. Just quickly before we finish, then, and this is a this is a discussion we've had so many times, but it's a debate that's not going away. A hundred games for um, Darren Moore. We've we've talked all the kind of the stats and stuff like that. We we've said it all already. Consistently, you know, there is uh, I would say you know significant minority maybe um particularly on social media that still say he's just not doing a good enough a good enough job how would you assess it 100 games in look he uh, inherited a mess and there's no getting away from that um it was a hospital pass and i'm still adamant sheffield wednesday would be a championship club right now if darren moore had been on the touchline more uh, and had not had suffered from COVID, and and you know he could have died. You know it was that serious. You know he was, he was hospitalised, and, and so he missed a lot of matches during that period. And he came back, and and he shouldn't have been there at, at Derby. He was on the touchline at Derby, and he wasn't medically fit. I don't think he was really medically signed off to be there, but he wanted to be there to try and do his bit to keep the club in the league, and they didn't manage it. 
And then last year, you have to look at it and go 85 points. They finished fourth. In other years, that might have got them in the top two. And they were terrific in the second half of the season um, after being really patchy in the first. And, and he cobbled a squad together quite late in the summer transfer window of 2021, when you remember, thinking about it, because they were under an embargo. And so he only had three Bs and loans to work with. And they signed, in the two windows of last season, what did they sign? 18 players, 19 players. He had to build an entire new squad. And so people should remember this for balance, you know, when they look at the overall record and for the the doom and gloom merchants out there and the people that moan at Darren Moore for the style of football. You know, there's no getting away from it that it, it seems to be it seems to have shades of Carlos's second season this year, James, for me. It feels mm. very much as if they um, are not as attractive to watch and it's more about getting the results than it is the performance. There's, there's only been maybe a handful of times where you can really say this season that Wednesday have turned up and given somebody a good spanking um, or, or put in a really strong performance. And I think that's what's frustrating when you look at the talent that they've got available. And so it comes down to if Wednesday are in the top two, come next May and have got promotion and we're celebrating you know, and having the open top bus parade around Fargate and City Hall and through Sheffield, then we should be saying that Darren Moore has done a really good job to turn around the club's fortunes and get them back into the championship. But yeah, at the moment, I am very much on the fence with with Darren Moore, like a lot of Wednesday fans listening to this and out there, who, who you look at it and go, statistically, looks great on paper, but Wednesday haven't achieved anything yet. Yeah, I think I think I'd, I'd I'd probably echo all of that and say, you know, it it's been an all right hundred games, but the next twenty four are the only ones that really matter, and and they will make or break Darren Moore's um, career, Darren Moore's legacy at, at Sheffield Wednesday is what happens in the next twenty four games. Almost right off those hundred doesn't really matter. What matters now is the next is the next twenty four, and it's as simple as it's as simple as that ultimately. Um, okay, good stuff. Well, that's going to wrap us up then for um, for this episode of Singing the Blues. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you as well to our partners at Taito Law, specialists in wills, trusts and probate. Uh, you can uh, contact them titolaw.co.uk or on Twitter at Taito Law. You can contact Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. The show is at Dom and James. Um, you can find loads more links on our website and in the show notes for this episode as well. Thanks for listening. Up the owls. Have a lovely Christmas. All the best for 2023. And we'll see you next time. 